welcome to the Quark Methods podcast where we discuss interesting methodological developments in applied qualitative health research. In this episode, we are joined by the Utopia Now study team. Utopia Now is funded by the Kings Together Strategic Fund and explores young people's and scientists' hopes and fears for the future. I would like to welcome Charlotte and Hannah. If you could start by telling us a bit about yourselves before we move on to talk about the project. So I'm Charlotte and I'm a medical anthropologist and medical sociologist straddling both disciplines and I'm also a public advisor with the Research Design Service London. Thanks Charlotte. Hi, I'm Hannah Cowan. I'm also a medical sociologist slash anthropologist by background uh, and I'm currently funded by the Guys and St Thomas's Biomedical Research Centre to look at participation in research. Thank you. Um, and I understand that Utopia Now brings together a multidisciplinary group of researchers, creative practitioners and community experts. Can you tell us more about that and the team behind the project? Sure. So the project uh, is inspired really by King's College London's mission statement, uh, which is to make the world a better place. Um, and when we were looking at this, we immediately thought, well, what is this better place? Who is this a better place for? Um, and as kind of medical sociologists, we're aware that if those conversations don't happen, then a lot of the time medical knowledge is produced in a way which kind of implicitly reproduces researchers' ideas of what a better world is. And at the same time, we were seeing young people um, out marching on climate change saying that we are the future, so we should have a say in it. And we kind of very much agreed, but thought that this conversation needed to be widened, not just to look at climate change, but all these other intersections of health and technology and the future. So the project is really aiming to explore what a better place actually is with young people to to kind of see how that differs or how that coincides with the futures that scientists are already creating. Um, and really with the ultimate aim to stimulate a conversation, a debate about what a better world actually means. Yeah, I mean, the project came about um, kind of one day, really, when we attended an event that was organised um, at the Francis Crick Institute, where um, Kings was thinking about the science in the 21st century and what the kind of moral and ethical implications were of it. And they invited a group of young people who were then at the end sat at the back of the room and there wasn't much of an opportunity for questions or really we didn't feel like young people were made to feel like they could participate in the conversation and we thought it's such an important conversation to have and to bring young people into thinking about what the future of science should look like and what kind of world science is creating. So we thought we'd think of different methods and different, a different project that would kind of do that more explicitly. And I think at the forefront of our minds as well is um, the fact that King's also talks about working with the communities on its doorstep. Um, and I guess just from, I mean, back before the pandemic, when we're in the office in London, there's very stark inequalities um, um, between kind of being at London Bridge next to the Shard and then 
walking around London and and the, the inequalities are visible. And we kind of wanted to think about how we can better address inequalities within the, these new thinkings about futures and science and technology. So bring that into the forefront to really think about what the social issues are first and then think about the technologies rather than thinking about the technologies and then thinking about the ethical conundrums that they bring up. Wonderful, thank you. So can you tell us a bit more about each of the methods that you're using and what inspired you to use them? So we've got, we're using four different methods, um, which are Minecraft, drama, sci-fi writing and filmmaking. Um, they each kind of came about whilst we were putting the project proposal together, speaking to different youth leaders, to to the young people's advisory group in the in the biomedical research centre. And yeah, so the Minecraft is is about asking young people to build their future neighbourhood, their future utopic neighbourhood in Minecraft, which is a game, it's kind of a digital Lego for those that don't know. Um, and and I guess here we're really trying to focus on the built environment, which I think in London has a lot of relevance for things like regeneration and gentrification. There are lots of conversations which are which are happening anyway. And using Minecraft allows young people to to build from scratch in a way as well, to to think hopefully and utopically. Um, then we are doing uh, drama, which we did a week-long drama workshop in February, just before the pandemic, um, where we asked young people to develop and write and then perform their own plays. One was called Air for Sale. One was about yeah our, our, our use of technology and how can technology can stop us being so lonely until it stops working. Um, and yeah, and also a play about an alien invasion of robots from Mars, um, which actually had a lot of interesting messages about where we should and shouldn't be using robots in our daily lives. And they're particularly worried about the use of robots um, in caring roles. Um, so that was sparked some really interesting discussion. And I think Charlotte will tell you a bit more about the other two. Yeah, so then we, we had this um, uh, sci-fi writing workshop um, where we got we had young people submit um, sci-fi flash fiction, so short fiction, about their imagination of the future, and it could be kind of a utopia or a dystopia. And then they worked together with Stephen Oram, who's a published um, sci-fi writer and a researcher, um, Christina Icardi, who works in AI and like the sociology of AI. And we got, we, yeah, we kind of, the young people developed their stories together with the feedback from the scientists and from the science fiction writer. And then we are also working on a documentary filmmaking workshop with young people. And the idea is that they are, they can kind of choose their own perspective and they can, rather than, you know, they, they can, focus the lens and the microphone on whatever they think is relevant and they can kind of it's, it draws a bit from peer research and kind of inter maybe people interviewing each other or just kind of focusing an in-depth sort of thick description attention on their environment and thinking about what that means for the future. 
And in terms of some of the other people that are involved in the research? Well, we should say, first of all, that we've got um, our team member, Hannah Riazadin, who was with us for over a year um, and has now gone back to do her PhD. But she's a she's a human geographer, a social geographer, um, and she has done a lot of community participation with young people in South London and has used creative practices. And her experience was really invaluable in helping us shape the project and kind of bring it forward. Yeah, and on the research team, we've also been working um, with, for instance, um, Tim Hubbard, who's involved in, with Genomics England's work, and um, who who is really kind of at that forefront of scientific research and kind of giving us a, an idea of, of con- where that is constantly at. Um, yeah, and, and I guess as well, we have um, a much wider team because our research methods are creative methods. So we've been using creative methods um, as a way to stimulate imagination, really, because we're thinking quite hopefully about the future. We, we're, we're called Utopia now. Um, we, we're trying to use creative methods to think beyond um, kind of current systems and structures which actually cause inequality um, and to, yeah, to allow, I guess, a more hopeful research practice rather than um, always kind of yeah trying to uncover the problems I guess we're trying to create something positive for the future or or different different possibilities even. Part of what we've done is to kind of recognize that as researchers we don't really have the training or the skills and the knowledge to engage creatively with young people it's something that we're learning as we're going along but we've kind of we've brought in different creative practitioners for each of the different elements of the project so for the drama workshop we brought in an actor and um, someone who works at a community theatre a young person to kind of facilitate the drama workshop and we've been working with an organisation that does very very regular kind of um, Minecraft workshops with young people um, who so they're kind of computer with with kids and they know how to do all the kind of tech stuff. And we've also specifically been engaging with youth centres rather than schools. Um, I think partly because these are places where a lot of young people um, find safe places to be. And there are already trusted youth workers, for instance, in some of the adventure playgrounds in London um, and at a youth theatre we've been working with. And they really already have really trusted relationships with these young people. So we've been working with them to ensure that we create kind of safe spaces where young people feel able to say what they want in the future and feel able to have discussions about that. And and creating these spaces, working with these people allows us to create these spaces really, um, which I don't think we'd be able to do on our own as researchers. And then another thing to say about the, we're doing the creative methods and the creative workshops also as a response to the participation that we are kind of the kind of traditional participation that we're seeing in the university which is kind of more focus groups and interviews and kind of one-on-one discussion and our idea behind this and kind of the utopian idea is that that we can um, build much more interesting conversations with young people and that we can kind of 
access imaginate their imaginations beyond what is kind of maybe ready formulated in their heads and that it's something these kind of creative futures can emerge through conversation and through creative practice. Amazing, really interesting. And are these different practices running in parallel um, or would the same person be participating in in Minecraft and theatre at the same time or how does that work? So they are running in parallel. So our original thinking was that, you know, young people have lots of different interests. And so we were really trying to tap into and try to understand really what what mediums young people felt able to to have these conversations with. That not only are they for young people with different interests, but it also gives a different framing to the question of what a better world is. So for instance, the Minecraft is very much focused on the built environment, um, which which is something that's very different when you're working in a theatre without any set and you're thinking much more kind of abstractly. Um, and I think again, yeah, I think that's part of our of our research is to understand what kind of lens these different methods give to thinking about the future. Yeah. And you've you've described quite well about, you know, how you've been inspired and, and the reasoning behind why you've chosen these these different creative methods uh, to engage these young people um, in this very important question. And and how's it going? How 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 are you finding the participation? Uh, yeah, good question. <laughs> it was a lot easier before the pandemic. <laughs> um, we've certainly found that the technological divide has really affected our research. And so we're constantly iteratively finding ways to continue working with people. But this sometimes does mean working with tech redistribution schemes or thinking about what tech is actually available and how we can make tech available. Um, yeah, before the pandemic, it was it was actually really great because we worked with a partner. We had the theatre workshop. It was a week long workshop in half term um, and young people thought up and wrote and then performed their own plays about the future. Um, and yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And it's quite funny because there are all these kinds of things that came up then, like um, young people were doing some improv and they were improvising uh, two people fighting over a face mask. And we all thought it was hilarious because it was before the lockdown and before the pandemic became, you know, really serious or, yeah, when we all realised that it was going to change our lives dramatically. Um, and so now it's very much about trying to make these safe places online, which is, again, a lot harder, to making these safe places over Zoom. Yeah, I think I think that's something that we've found through working with different practitioners. We've really learned a lot since we started moving creative workshops online, that there are many, many different techniques for making a, sp- a space feel safe for young people and to get people to feel comfortable talking and participating. Um, and that's not a thing that just happens naturally. There's quite a lot of work that goes into that. And the best things you see when it's facilitated well 
is young people being able to just openly disagree with the facilitator and say, actually, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm thinking. Um, and those are the best outcomes. But then other times, yeah, it's it's been a bit more tricky to even get young people to feel able to put their their videos on and their microphones on. Um, sometimes young people prefer to talk in the chat. Um, so yeah, it, it varies for sure. But I think we're trying to develop um, some kind of skills and knowledge on on how to do this going forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's I think it's a challenge, isn't it? Like you say, in terms of moving research online or remotely because of the pandemic um, that, that uh, we're having across qualitative research. Really interesting. Is there anything else that you think would be helpful to share in the podcast? If there was one sort of take home message from, from the study, either um, um, a, a challenge or, or something that's gone well? One thing that's really interesting is about how you can get young people's voices to be valued. And I think we're starting to really to realise that young people's voices aren't kind of traditionally valued because they're seen as not even kind of having knowledge yet because they haven't gone through the education system. They haven't kind of graduated through that system. And and actually working with young people, they've really got a lot of experiences and knowledge to share. They have they have so much wisdom. Sometimes it it's shocking. And yeah, just we really think these are things that need to be heard. And yeah, and as they say, they are the future. So it'd be pretty good if we could make a better place that they actually want to live in. Have you got anything, Charlotte? I think the the creative workshops have really allowed us it's been really fun and great to kind of learn as we go and to experiment and to kind of have that kind of freedom to work with creative methods in a in a medical school and in a sort of in a more scientific environment and I think we we're really seeing the benefits of doing that and yeah I would encourage other people to venture out beyond their beyond what they would usually do um and yeah see see where it takes them and the best workshops aren't just when you know we've got lots of research data lots to think about they're also the research they're also the workshops where we actually have fun and it's just been really it's been a really fun way of doing research and actually it's interesting to see what having that different kind of idea about what research should be that it isn't just sitting around formally in focus groups and through interviews that we can do this in a fun way and actually that brings out a lot of creativity and different ways of thinking which are also really valuable for research and if you want to read any of the stories from uh, the brilliant young authors yeah we've just published the anthology on our website with a really lovely introduction from Stephen Oram the sci-fi writer we were working with wonderful thank you and um the website is utopianow.co.uk and uh, we'll have the link also on the quark website for anybody that would like more details um so thank you so much for sharing your research with us in this podcast and thank you all for listening 
Um, and do check out those websites if you would like to find out more.